Being confident in life can really be a pretty good thing. However, being overconfident can get you in trouble sometimes. So on today's show, we will discuss some areas in personal finance where overconfidence can lead to some real issues. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Glad to have you back on My Retirement Clarity. I'm Ben George, alongside the owner and financial advisor over J.L. Perkins Wealth Management. That is Lee Perkins. Lee, what's going on, man? Ben, it is good to be here. Good to be here. It, it is, we, my wife and I went to St. Simons this weekend, and it was nice. absolutely the best weather that we've ever had. I mean, it wasn't super hot. It wasn't a cloud in the sky. I played pickleball every day. Just <laughs> rode around, rode around in the golf cart, uh, looking around. It, it was awesome. I love this time of this time of year. How, the beach. I know we're recording this in October. Does, is the beach pretty wide open at that point? Not too busy. Yeah, yeah. There, there weren't a lot of people. Now, this that we're recording this, we're just coming off of Columbus Day weekend. It wasn't as busy as I thought it it would be. You know, certainly. There are times where it is more crowded, but not a lot of folks there this weekend. Now, understand that uh, George Florida weekend, St. Simons really fills up, but we we certainly don't <laughs> we don't go there uh, for the, for that weekend. But yeah, yeah. Th- this was a fantastic weekend. That's great to hear. Always good to get out of town and, and enjoy some some downtime and uh, some pickleball every day. That's a, that's like a little retirement preview for you almost. It yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. Pickleball, pickleball every day is is not a bad thing. But I can only go about four or five days in a row. I think I'm five days in a row right now. Yeah. Got to take a day off because the old body says you are not 25 years old anymore. <laughs> well, as you heard in our uh, intro, our tease to start the podcast, we're talking about overconfidence and how it can lead to financial ruin. And we got five kind of key areas we want you to kind of pay attention to and make sure you don't get overconfident in your financial planning and kind of talk about some of the things that could happen if you do. We're going to put this episode up at myretirementclarity.com. Also, if you want to schedule a meeting after you get done with listening to this episode, you want to talk with Lee a little bit more about this this conversation or anything in your financial planning or retirement planning uh, needs, he is always available. The very simple way to do it is talkwithlee.com. Very, very easy to do. Well, let's jump into this, Lee, and talk a little bit about pride. I mean, we all we all know, you know the, the, the phrase, pride cometh before the fall, right? And we always try to avoid being too prideful in what we do. And, you know, it can also happen in, in financial planning. We can, we can become very overconfident in some key areas. So I want to start with the stock market. And when the market's going well, and it has, I mean, the last decade, of course, obviously with the pandemic, it kind of hit and we dropped quickly, but we've rebounded just as fast. Everybody feels pretty confident about their ability to pick stocks right now and, and manage their portfolio. Yeah, it, it's easy when things are going good. Everybody's account is up. Most everybody is making money. And so lots of times folks will sort of come out and, and tout their returns um, in, in a time like this. And, and it's, frankly, it's not that difficult to have great returns when the market is going well. What's difficult is kind of having uh, good returns when the market is not cooperating the way that we want to. And I, I think the main reason for that, the number one problem that the individual investor has is is our emotions that gets in the way. 
you know, we get scared when things start to turn sideways and people have the tendency to want to bail when, when things go south. Um, I always tell people one of the, the keys to success is long-term discipline. And unfortunately, most people aren't disciplined enough to maintain that, that long-term outlook. And people always ask me all the time, well, what is the best strategy? What I've got going right now is a good strategy or whatever. You know, I made 18% this year. What's the best strategy? Well, the best strategy is the one that you can stick with in up markets and in down markets. I tell people all the time, remember that markets cannot be timed. The only people that can successfully time the market are liars. And that's kind of a joke that I always, that I always say. So make sure that, that, that you're not trying to time the market and you, you just remain disciplined to whatever the strategy is that you have. Markets are unpredictable because the markets react to news and the news is unpredictable. Mm. Therefore, the markets are unpredictable. So kind of something I've said over and over on this show, Ben, but I think it's very important for people to understand that. Yeah, I agree. And is it safe to assume too, Lee, when we're talking about overconfidence in the stock market, when you become overconfident, you probably start taking on more and more risk than you really need to, right? Oh, absolutely. I see that all the time. Just And, and just because the market does great one year, it does kind of give you a little bit of that sense of, hey, I can do this. This is not not very difficult. But man, it can go away just as quickly as, as you got it. Uh, and a lot of times I'll meet with people that are very confident in their ability to navigate the stock market and all those kind of things. But the question I always ask, especially when I'm meeting with a couple, and this is generally directed at the husband, uh, very few women have I met with that are just all about managing the money. It's usually the husband. I ask them, well, who's going to manage the money when you're gone? Because the, I can look at the wife and, and she's like, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. So lots of times if if the, the husband passes away early and he is the one or unexpectedly, and he is the one who's managing the assets, it can really put the surviving spouse in a, a very vulnerable situation. Very much so. Um, overconfidence in the certain amount of money you're going to need in retirement is one we all often see as well. You know, for example, once I get to a million dollars, I'm good. I can retire then. And you feel too confident and you build a plan or you build, maybe you don't have a, a plan in place if you're just assuming a certain amount of money is going to cover you, but you just go into it thinking, hey, once I get there, I'm set and you don't worry about anything else. Yeah. I always like to ask the question, why, why is a million dollars it seems like it's some mythical number that that we all strive towards reaching, and then once we get to that, everything's going to be fine. That I, nothing could be further from the truth. Like I've said before, I've met people with three hundred thousand dollars live, you know, live like kings and queens in retirement, and I've met people that got two or three million that really struggle. And it's it's really based more on how much somebody spends rather than how much they have. And I think the financial media, you know, those folks have trained us to think this way. I can't remember the name of the firm, but years ago, there was a commercial with people walking down the street and they're dragging behind them this big number. You know, for somebody, it was like a million and a half dollars. Somebody else, it was two and a half million dollars. Somebody else, it was $600,000. They're dragging around whatever that number is that they think is going to get them to uh, retirement happiness. And so, Again, I just want to remind people, it's probably as as important or more about how much you spend than actually how much you have in the bank, because you, you can really overcome a lot of things in retirement and do a lot more in retirement if you don't have a lot of money going out every month. Uh, you know, a lack of bills 
uh, lack, lack of debt sure does give you a lot of flexibility. You know, when we talk about that kind of, hey, a million dollars is is what I'm going to need, it kind of makes me think about those, the rule of thumbs that people just kind of assume and oftentimes kind of get too overconfident that just they believe it's going to work and there's no questions asked. Um, that's one of them. You know, another example is maybe you can withdraw 4% of your savings each year and, and not run out of money in retirement. Just having this overconfidence in these rule of thumbs, while they're great kind of guiding principles, you can't follow them to a T. Yeah, you, you really can't. And let me start off here by addressing another popular rule of thumb. I do want to jump into that 4% rule here. But a, another one that I hear all the time that just doesn't work, I'll sit down with people and, and say, you know, well, kind of tell me what you want to do. And they're like, I want to, all I want to do is just invest the money and live off the interest. And this is really an empty statement because, you know, this really can work if you don't need the money every month. But if you've got to have money, every month to live on in retirement. What happens if there is no interest? I mean, the market goes up and it goes down. And if you've got a year where the market goes down, there is no interest. And so you can't live off the interest for that year. So, you know, that's something I sort of have to retrain and re-educate folks on. But it's getting back to the 4% rule, that rule was first sort of coined by a guy named William Bengen. Some people call him Bill Bengen. He was the first person to really kind of articulate this and do a lot of research on it. Some other folks have have followed up and done studies on this withdrawal strategy since then. And, and it's really a very popular strategy. But like a lot of things in life, that this works and, until it doesn't. Uh, like my good buddy Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get get <laughs> punched in the mouth. Yep. And so my question is, what what do you do when the market tanks? Are you going to adjust that strategy? Are you going to continue to to withdraw four percent every year, uh, or are you you going to make some? Have you made concession for that? Because you got to have a plan for it because it's going to happen. And you know, to kind of use a a term that we heard a lot in 2020 and even this year, 2021. You may have to pivot from that original four percent withdrawal strategy. So, been here in our office when the when the market started dropping significantly last February and March of, of twenty twenty, when the coronavirus first started uh, affecting the stock markets. We didn't tell our clients to adjust their investment strategy because we have and we we build a long term strategy. But what we did do is reach out to every client who was taking monthly distributions. And we adjusted that withdrawal strategy temporarily. And, and this was really part of our original plan. No, we certainly didn't plan on the market dropping as quickly as it did over a, you know, a 25 or a 30 day period. We also didn't plan on it recovering as quickly as it did, but we had a plan in place for adjusting the withdrawal strategy. And if you're just going by the 4% rule and the markets go down for five years in a row, you could really damage that portfolio. So make sure you take that into consideration. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes. And I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart. And you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. 
To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 474747. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 474747, and we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. All right, next item here. Your understanding of certain products. The overconfidence comes in, I guess, here, Lee, and you can probably explain this to me a little bit better, but... Uh, when you feel like you don't understand how things work really well, you maybe start, maybe stop learning. Uh, what, what's the what's the risk here? Yeah. So so here, th- this is another one that the financial media, they don't do us a whole lot of favors on. They sell complication many times when, when simplicity works and they make us believe that that we can sort of outsmart the system and they lure us into these strategies that many times aren't really appropriate for most retirees and we learn just enough about them to think that we understand you know think that may we may understand them enough to to navigate it but you know i, I would say options uh, trading options are one that i hear ads for all the time on on the radio and see it, those ads online sure you can make a lot of money trading options but you can also lose a lot of money very very quickly you know, I would say or ask you, is, is this really what you want to be worried about in retirement? Whether or not an individual stock is going to reach some price point so that something is triggered at that specific moment in time. I don't know very many people that want to worry about those, those kind of things in retirement. So uh, options are one that I, I see all the time that, that people don't really understand. Mm-hmm. I would also say there's a lot of confusion out there about variable annuities. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of variable annuities because I run into people who tell me, hey, my account is guaranteed to get 7% every year. I'm making 7% every year, no matter what happens, and I can never lose any money. That's simply not true. Uh, they don't understand what they own. Sure, there, there may be a component of the annuity, uh, of that contract that earns 7%, but there's way more to it than that. And a lot of times I find that people simply don't understand what they have. I do want to say this, all variable annuities are not bad, but if you do have a, a variable annuity, you need to make sure that you know exactly how that thing works. It might be right for you, but you may be paying for a lot of things in that contract that you don't necessarily need. So do your homework. And if you'd like me to look at something, I can certainly give you my thoughts on it as well. Yeah. Talkwithlee.com if you want to sit down and, and get Lee's thoughts from him there. I got one more here, Lee. I want to go through with overconfidence, making sure you don't have too much pride in what you're doing with your financial plan so you don't get in trouble. And that's having too much confidence in your decision-making process, right? You think you're a pretty logical person. Maybe you make some sound decisions and you feel like, hey, I can take care of this on my own because, hey, I've done this for a while and I've, I'm pretty good at it. So I don't have any worries. Yeah, here's where we sort of get back to our own emotions. Uh, at, at the end of the day, we can be our own worst enemy sometimes. And, and and I think this is really because many times we're just too close to the situation. And I think this is why it, it makes sense to hire professionals to help you out in certain areas of life. Uh, you know, if, if you're sick, what do you do? Well, you, you call your doctor or your nurse and you get their advice. Sure, you can you can Google it, uh, but if it but if it's serious, you don't want to treat yourself and, and self-medicate. This can work at some points, and there are people that do that, uh, but it can have really devastating results. So make sure that you're you're getting help from a qualified person to do that. And it's really the same way in retirement planning. There's so much that people don't know that they don't know. You know, I've meet people all the time that think there's, you know, really all there is to retirement is just watching their account balance and managing that that account. And, and I've said it before and I'll say it again here, Ben, 
managing a retirement account is probably you know 15% of what somebody needs in retirement. It's really the easy part. It's all the other stuff that that makes the difference long term, uh, especially when you're you're looking at things in it, its entirety. That investment piece is just one part of the puzzle. So you know when it comes to making decisions. Really, sometimes people don't even know the decisions that need to be made in retirement. And, and that's certainly what we help people uh, that come into our office with is what we help our clients with. It's things like taxes, when to take Social Security, coordinate those distributions with other sources of income, long-term care, legacy planning, all that you know, is just way more than people realize. And so, yeah, if you want to try to do it on your own, you can, you can certainly try it. But at some point, you're probably going to get into an area that, that you're not comfortable handling. Yeah, you probably, you know, even if you do a really good job and you're on top of things for the most part, I mean, there are going to be some areas that you're just not familiar with, some things you're not thinking about, you're not considering, and some moves that you might not even uh, have on your your uh, your, you know, on your radar at all that somebody can help you out with, likely. So again, if you have any questions about what we've talked about, if anything you want to kind of get a second opinion on, make sure you're not overconfident yourself. The best thing to do is visit talkwithlead.com. There you can schedule a, a visit with Lee and, and start talking with him directly. And if you prefer to call as well, you can do that. It's 478-254-3550. Got a mailbag question today we want to get to before we close out this episode of the show. Comes in Lee from Miriam. She is in Atlanta. She says, my husband was born in the 50s, but for some reason, his attitude toward money is, is like that some sort of Great Depression era survivor. I really think we've saved enough for retirement, but he's convinced that we both need to keep working forever while also never indulging ourselves with any spending over and above the basics. Is there a way to fix this? Boy, th- this is a great question, Miriam. And I- I'm glad that you wrote in with this because this is one that I, I do see very often. And lots of times it is just a matter of sitting down and, and getting some outside perspective in things. I, I would say probably two times a month I, I meet with a client and, and the husband and wife are not on the same page as far as how much they can spend because one person is too scared to run out of the money. The other person is like, I think we need to spend it while we're still young enough to do it. And, and there's a healthy balance between the, the two. I've talked in recent episodes about me seeing clients pass away sooner than they they certainly planned on dying and and not being around long enough to enjoy the fruits of their labor. I don't want any of my clients to retire, not spend any money and die and just leave money to somebody unless that's exactly what they want to do. I want you to enjoy it. You got to give yourself permission to spend that money. So, you know, maybe it, it takes Miriam, you and your husband sitting down with somebody and, and going through the number so he'll have the confidence to spend that money without worrying about running out of it. Yeah, great question, Miriam, and uh, something you'll definitely want to get on the same page. I know that finances can be a big argument for a lot of people, right, Lee? So getting this figured out is important. Thank you, Miriam, for that. Again, if you have a question for us, you can sit in to us. MyRetirementClarity.com is the website. We put all of our podcasts up there as well, so make sure you check that out when you get a second after the podcast is over. And also, please subscribe to the show if you've listened to this show or any other past episodes and enjoy it. The best way to help us and help us continue to grow and is to, to subscribe to the show. So whatever, wherever you listen, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever that is, please hit that subscribe button. They will call it a day on that note. I appreciate you uh, and all your insight today. As always, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it.
Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.